Hello everyone. Welcome back to See the Sunrise. This is season four and episode nine. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in your everyday situations. We find in the book of Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse three, where the Lord speaks to the prophet when he's in prison. He says to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing behind the scenes and in the lives of everyday people like you and me. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have had various situations and challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our life. Often when I'm doing my podcast, I think of, well, actually I pray about what is it that your people, your sons and daughters need to hear And so today I'm going to speak a little bit about the Lord never changing. I read in the book of Malachi chapter three and verse six, where it says, I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. When I look at the world today and the changes that are happening, it sometimes perplexes me because I'm finding that the desire for God or God in our lives or Christ in our lives, it seems to be diminishing. I hope I'm wrong because the need for Christ is so prevalent and necessary in our, our lives. When I say prevalent, I like to think that he is there and sometimes he needs to be quickened or we need to quicken him in our spirits. We live in a changing world. Um, you may, some of you, if you are a jazz enthusiast, enthusiast or aficionado, you may be familiar with an American singer, songwriter, musician, Grammy winner, jazz walk of fame, jazz walk of fame inductee, um, and platinum selling artist, Alita Adams. She sang a song entitled, Everything Must Change. If you haven't heard it, you might want to cue it up on YouTube. I love this song. It's just such a reminder of how quickly time passes and how things change. Some of the words or the lyrics went like this. Everything must change. Nothing stays the same. Everyone will change. No one stays the same. The young become the old and mysteries do unfold because that's the way of time. Nothing and no one goes unchanged. There are not many things in life you can be sure of except Rain comes from the clouds, sun lights up the sky, and hummingbirds do fly. Her song reminds me that the world is ever-changing. Seasons change. We think of the weather patterns and the things that we've experienced in the last years and the constant conversation about climate change. Work and the ways of living change. Years ago, the, the thought of working from home was not a consideration. But with the advancement of technology, people have the opportunity, especially those who have lucrative jobs, of hopping out of bed and moving to the next room to conduct the day's work, all while washing clothes, taking care of the little ones, and even preparing meals for the day. And yet, some are still complaining about having to go to work. I want to tell them that you are essentially getting out of bed. (laughs) You don't even, or maybe you don't shower or even brush your teeth. And you can conduct all of the things you need to do to run your home and you're complaining. Church, some things never change. There's no sense of gratitude for the favor God has granted. 
Feelings change, emotions change, nature, nature changes, fashions change, trends change. Things have changed. But not only has the way that we work changed and um, all of the things, the, the feelings and the emotions, but simple things like the way we buy groceries. Today, you can go to a website to identify what you want to purchase. You can call it in or hit it on a quick list and go pick it up or and not get out of the car or they'll bring it to your home. How about dining out? My granddaughters don't understand uh, my husband and I. When we babysit, since they've gotten older, they consider us coming over to visit with them because they think they're too old to be babysat. When they want something to eat, their papa usually goes to pick it up. And the first thing out of their mouth is, why doesn't he just Grubhub? I'm like, Grubhub? It's the place they, they would explain it to me. Nana, it's the place you order your favorite restaurant food and they deliver it to your home. And I'm thinking, yeah, and they charge you to pick it up, right? Jeez. <laughs> There's even a place where we live that will wash, where, where we habitat, habitate. That's where we live, my husband and I. There's even a place where you can go and drop off your laundry and they will wash and fold it for you. Their sign says, drop off and pick up your nice, clean laundry. Hmm. Work and ways of living have changed. Oh, and how about going to the bank? Many of you know about ATMs, but did you know that you can take a picture of your checks, which can be deposited that way? Also, something that was new to me, and then I've got it, so nobody call and remind me, um, <laughs> Venmo or Cash App, where you can just send money very quickly through the wire. You don't even have to have paper money anymore. So when you think of all these things that change, we think about people. They too change. We change physically and we change emotionally. With the seasons of life, we change. We change in many ways. We consider where you were last year with your physical health. You may have gotten smaller. You may have gotten bigger. You know, Some of you may have received a bad health report or a good health report. And let's not forget how you change emotionally. Consider the friends you had, or socially, I'll say. Consider the friends you may have had years ago. Now they're distant memories. Either you've outgrown them or they've outgrown you, or God removed them from your life for reasons you may or may not know. Maybe it was to grow you. Maybe it was to help you understand to rely on him and not your friends. We change our ideas and our goals and our convictions. Often ideas and goals and convictions change because you, you look at the situation and things have come up and as you considered them, you find that they weren't feasible. Maybe you thought about retiring, but something thwarted that plan and you had to shift and make some alternative plans. And how about your goals? What things have been unmet on your vision boards because something interfered with it? Maybe it was a loss of a job or some illness. Something changed. Perhaps you had a firm belief or opinion in something or on something and something occurred that changed your view. Maybe you heard something different and maybe your judgment changed because you gained more knowledge and understanding. People have changed in and when people have changed how and when they want to hear the word of God. They don't want to hear all about hell and damnation. They want to hear glorious messages of happiness and joy and prosperity and riches. And don't get me wrong. I want to hear those messages too. And hearing those messages, yes, they do make you feel good. But the gospel's message isn't always happy. 
Some people today have found no need for church attendance or Christ. They've changed their views and how and what they choose to believe. No matter how inventive or creative the world becomes, as much as things are changing, there's some things that will never change. The wedges of sin will never change. Romans 6.23 tells us the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Despite inflation, where we see we, we have experienced that in these past year or two, um, where there's been a general increase of price or a fall in the purchasing value of money, yet the wages of sin has not changed. It remains the same. It's death. A warning was given in the Garden of Eden, Eden when um, Adam and Eve sinned, and it brought death, not physical death, but it brought a spiritual death. The serpent told the uh, Eve that, and Adam, or Eve specifically, that you won't surely die, but sin brought spiritual death and ultimately an end to our physical life. Death continues for all. That's never gonna change. I don't care how much you work out, how well you eat, whether you're a vegan or uh, pescatarian or whatever you are, whether you smoke or don't smoke, death is coming for us all. Every funeral and every cemetery we pass shows that the wages of sin are death. Hell is defined as a place regarded, especially in the spiritual or religious realm as a place of evil and suffering and often depicted as this place of perpetual fire and death as if it was mere supposition or uncertain belief. But the Bible is clear. Hell is absolute. It's real. It isn't going to change. Hell at the end of a sinner's life confirms that the wages of sin is death. C.S. Lewis wrote, there is no doctrine which I would more willingly remove from Christianity than this if it lay in my power. He realized it wasn't in his power. He realized that according to the Bible, hell is a place of sorrow and torment. That the Bible clearly and explicitly teaches that hell is a real place to which the wicked and unbelieving will be sent after death. Hell is this infinite and eternal death we have earned because of our sins, a place where the worms does not, it says where the worm does not die and that fire is not quenched. These are all things that are found in scripture, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth and you're cast into outer darkness. There are even parables about the rich man and the beggar and the rich man ended up in hell and he wanted Father Abraham to go back and send someone to just talk to his brother saying, you don't want to come here. The death of Christ paid sin's debt and delivers believers from its wages. That will not change. There is a law called the law of the harvest that will never change. And in Galatians 6, we hear, be not deceived. God is not mocked. What we sow, that we will reap. If you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. But the sow to the spirit, you're going to reap life everlasting. We will reap what we sow. You can't sow or plant bad seeds and think you're going to get God's blessings or his favor. There's going to come a time of harvest. Harvest will be either discouraging or delightful. 
It's going to be discouraging for you who don't plant and plant and delightful for those who did, meaning plant those good seeds. Those who sow to the flesh reap corruption. What does that mean? I don't have to explain what that means, really, do I? Things of the flesh, things that please please you, please us, partying, accumulating things, thinking about ourselves, drinking, eating, and being merry. But when you sow to the Spirit, you're sowing everlasting life. Sowing to the Spirit is cultivating the seeds you planted so that they grow. How do we cultivate the seeds of faith? We cultivate them by reading our word. We cultivate them by praying. We cultivate them by practicing our faith. We cultivate, cultivate our seeds by going to, to church, to Bible study, to Sunday school. You're constantly cultivating those seeds, those seeds of faith. Every day in life, we're sowing. You're either sowing good or you're sowing bad. Good seed is someone, it could be as simple as someone allowing someone to take your parking space. Bad seed is getting out of the car and telling them, you took my parking space. Ask yourself, what changes do I need to make in light of the coming harvest? A harvest that's coming where it will, God will determine how we have lived our lives. Do you need to make some changes? I've pointed out many things that change. I've also pointed out what does not change, and that is the wages of sin. But I want to leave you with this. There is someone that will never change, and that is the love of God. He will never change. In Romans 5, 8, we hear God commanded his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Spurgeon exclaimed, when I have sinned, he has loved me. When I have forgotten him, he has loved me. When in the days of my sin, I cursed him, yet he still loved me. He loved me before I was born. Before a star began to shine, he loved me. And he has never ceased to love me all these years. Make that your proclamation. Say to yourself. When I have sinned, God loved me. When I forgot him, when I thought he had forsaken me and I wanted to abandon him, I realized he loved me. When I was in the midst of my sin and I cursed him because he didn't deliver what I wanted, he still loved me. He loved me before I was born. When I was knit in my mother's womb, God loved me. Before a star began to shine, God loved me, and he has never ceased to love me all the days of my life. For it's the cross. The cross proves how much God loves you, how much he loves me, how much he loves us. God's gift, his son, guarantees us a life eternal. And there is no greater love, hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. Grace delivers God's unchanging love to those of us who believe. Yes, everything does change. Nothing stays the same. Everyone will change. No one stays the same. The young become the old and mysteries do unfold because that is the way of time. Nothing and no one goes unchanged. There are not many things in life you can be sure of. 
but there is one thing that is sure, and that is Jesus is coming back again to receive those who have repented of sin, who have sown seeds for the harvest, for those who by faith believe in his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus never changes. Until next time, brothers and sisters, be sure to see the sunrise. See Christ in everyday situations. God bless you.